and welcome to Meanwhile, a journey through the history of comic book movies. I'm your host, James Thompson, and this week's movie is the 1942 Republic serial, Spy Smasher. Joining me is Golden Groves. Say hi to the people, Golden. Well, hello, everybody. You may know Golden as the host of the YouTube show, Cinema Cyanide, where they, what do you, review the wor- the best of the worst. Right, yeah, uh, bad movies that usually are so bad they're good and fun to watch. That's great. I wouldn't say this is that, though. Oh, no, this was, for its time, amazing. Right, which is kind of weird that I would have you on for this. But they don't get bad till later, so I'm going to have you on later, too, for some bad ones. I really look forward to. Do you have any experience with serials before this? I, I never actually had. I knew the history of them. And I like, knew you knew the they exist. Yeah. Right, I knew about them, I just never actually yeah. watched them. Well, like most people, it's it's what uh, Steven Spielberg relied heavily from for, like, Indiana Jones. Right. You know, that's that's the genre that people pull from. Uh, Dudley Do-Right was totally from this era. Or Penelope Pitstop. The Perils of Penelope Pitstop, also. Classics. So what'd you think, as as for watching serials? I mean, as far as the serials go, and when you when I took into account uh, what was going on in history at that time, yeah, it, it made sense because I know that comic books have been the same way. They kind of go to what the readers need at the time, right? And at the time, uh, you didn't make a, a like an hour and a half movie for kids like that, right? You know, that's not what they didn't go to the movies for that. They went there for Looney Tunes and cereals. So when you watch like cereals like this, it's definitely lower budget, which sometimes works well, and other times you just kind of snicker at. And you're like, nice try. This one wasn't as bad. Last week when we did The Adventures of Captain Marvel, you actually have a super-powered being that you're trying to show off his powers. So it's flying and vulnerability, you know. That's about it, but... This is, well, I guess let's get into it. So, so Spy Smasher, he was in Wiz Comics, the exact same comic Captain Marvel's from, and it was, uh, Wiz Comics was like a collection of just different characters, and they were like short stories. So it'd only be four or five pages, and that was like their story for the week, or the month. And... It would be Captain Marvel, and I think one was called Golden Arrow, and, and Spy Smasher was just one of these stories. And Spy Smasher is essentially, like we were talking about this before, he's basically almost Batman. Right, because uh, of fighting ability and no real special powers, but he had, in the comics, he had gadgets mm-hmm. and a... Uh, Vehicle that was land, sea, and air. And it was dubbed the Gyro Sub. I I actually likened him more to, because when he was created, he was Spy Smasher. So I likened him to more like a depowered Captain America. So like he's fighting Nazis and stuff for America, like as a spy. But I guess at when this was being made, we hadn't entered World War II yet. So he wasn't officially affiliated with any government agency. Yeah, I think I when I read in the trivia was when we entered World War II, this was in post-production. Yes. That's also what I read. 
Um, I did like that uh, in the comic books, though, after after he left, like or after the war was over, they kept him, but they called him Crime Smasher instead of Spy Smasher. There's no war. There's no spy. Well, I mean, there could be spies, but we weren't in a Cold War era yet. Spy Smasher is also one of those properties that DC bought in the 70s when Fawcett stopped producing. And Gail Simone brought the character back. Her name, it's actually a girl, or a woman now, and her name is Katarina Armstrong, and the original, his name was Alan, Alan Armstrong. So there's supposed to be, I guess, some sort of uh, connection? Don't know yet, I guess? I don't know. I don't read. It's uh, Birds of Prey she's in. Right. Gail Simone is, one, by the way, one of my probably favorite writers for comic books. Yeah. Yeah, she's real good. Real she, I'm a good. Secret Six fan, so Secret Six in uh, Suicide Squad, and she's doing the Secret Six again, and it's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a good amount of who Spy Smasher is from the comics. So now let's move to the movie. <laughs> it starts straight up Nazi-occupied France, I believe. Yes. Where he just gets caught, first scene. Just it, gets, get uh, Not very good spy, apparently. No. <laughs> something that I, I noticed right away, too, it was one of the first things that I kind of had a chuckle about was because he was caught and tortured. Yeah. And they were whipping him. Yeah. But with, you know, what they had to work with at the time, they can't really whip a person. And he did not look like it was causing him any pain or discomfort. <laughs> and then they're like, now are you ready to talk? And it's like, why would he be? You didn't even tickle him. Yeah, he didn't seem very distressed for being a man being tortured. Being whipped with a very, like, professional, I would say a professional person who whips people. Yeah, this is what he does. This is what this guy does. He whips like people. Pain. His outfit is interesting. It, he just looks like a pilot. He does. Uh, he's got the well, the motorcycle pants. Yep. Then his, uh, his brown... Long sleeve shirt, which we assume is brown because this is right. black and white. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of Dexter's shirt actually in the show Dexter <laughs> that he uses to with, kill with a big old diamond on it. Then his a very long cape, which seems not helpful for what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> the cape is longer than Captain uh, Marvel's. It is. <laughs> it's a very long cape, and you would think in the business of smash, smashing spies, you would want to be. As low-key as possible. Well, and in a lot of the fight scenes, you see that, too. Like, when he's on his motorcycle, it looks awesome. It's flapping in the wind. He's, like, whoever was driving the motorcycle knew what they were doing, you know? He seems to have zero cares for that motorcycle, too. No, no does when, not care. When he gets to the place he's going, he doesn't even put down a kickstand. <laughs> he ditches it, even if he's, like, not running late to something. He gets there, throws it on the ground, and just walks in. <laughs> It's like it should be slow motion. Like he throws it and just starts walking slow-mo. <laughs> but the cape, when he's fighting, when he's actually like hand-to-hand fighting, totally in the way. There's so many times where it's like flipped around or it gets over his shoulder and it's just like over his chest. And it's like, that can't, that can't be useful. It, it's, it just seems like it's very counterproductive. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's like, that's the, like, that would be the real application of actually having a cape and trying to fight. But I mean, like, how was it connected? It it was probably not very... It looked like it was just kind of sewn in together into that diamond. Yeah. 
So, like, that was the only point where it was connected, and the rest of it was allowed to go wherever it needed to go. Yeah, it it, it did not help. Like, I guess with Superman, often you, you imagine it's sort of in the shoulders, too. It's not just the neck. Yeah, I imagine that more, would help. Yeah, a lot of more recent ones, they seem to attach it at the shoulder blades. But, I mean, Superman doesn't have to... He doesn't have to punch as fast, I guess. He doesn't have to, like, grapple as much as Spy Smasher does. But then he's got his, like, he's got a cap with the goggles. Almost looks like a pilot. It is, with the, uh, yeah, the leather helmet that was the most protection they had back then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and it's funny, because there's so many scenes where he's supposed to be Alan, or his twin brother, Jack. Jack? Jack. Twin I, brother yeah, Jack. Jack or Jake? I think it was Jack. Uh, looking it up, it is Jack. Jack. He would wear like a coat over he would wear like a leather jacket over his quote unquote costume and he just looked like Spy Smasher. Like often he would have the helmet too, and I'm like, what are you doing? You look just like the guy that you are. Worst secret identity possible. <laughs> right? In this movie, they invented his twin brother. His twin brother does not exist in the comics. I think one of the best parts about the twin brother was in the first episode when they meet each other. Yeah. Because they're twin brothers, you would assume, up until recently, they've seen each other quite frequently. Yeah. And when he sees his twin brother dressed as Spy Smasher, does not recognize him, (laughs) and Alan thinks the best way to show him that he's him is his twin brother ring. Yeah. Like, he showed, look, we've got the same ring, instead of just taking off the goggles and saying, look, I'm your brother. Hey, look at my eyes. Listen to my voice. It sounds like your voice. Because <laughs> it was the same actor. Yeah. Doing double duty. Yeah. Which, for the first, well, for most of the serial, I kept going, why is there a twin brother? Just because I, I had read some of the trivia and saw that, oh, the twin brother didn't exist. And I was like, all right, that's whatever. That's cool. And then I'm like, why is there a twin brother? Why is there a twin brother? Why is it the same guy? They're not twins. If you had a set of twins, I could understand that. Because then you could kind of use both of them and either roll and then, you know, I don't know, pay them half. I thought they did a really good job, though, because anything where you see people try to do the twin thing yeah. when it's one actor, it always seems to look hokey, even today. But uh, they actually did a good job. Yeah, there was only a few times, and it's only because I knew they weren't twins, <laughs> where I was like, and there's a camera trick, and there's a camera trick. And one was, um, uh, if one of them was driving the car and the other one was in the back seat. They're in the blind spot. Like, their <laughs> face was right, right where their blind spot would be. Um, the best, though, is when they're on the motorcycle together. Spy Smasher's in the front, and he's, you know, he's got his goggles on. You can tell it's him. And his brother's in the back, and he's got his face hidden, like, behind his brother's head. So you couldn't see that they're not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, but for the most part, it didn't seem... I've seen worse. I've seen worse trying to get the same two same act two two characters played by the same guy in the same scene yeah i've seen the i've seen worse than an adam sandler movie yeah there you go <laughs> right off the bat at the beginning of every episode was beethoven's fifth yes Ba-ba-ba-ba. and i learned something that because when they did it they also did dot 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 dash from morse code Learning that that is V. That is the letter V in Morse code, which 
is cool, I guess. I mean, that's kind of clever for the time, I guess. Well, back then, V was the symbol for victory, too. Yeah. So that was their, I think that was their thing going, look this up and learn that we're saying victory. Right. And then his belt buckle also had the V with the dot, 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 dash on it. Subliminal messaging. Then we got the characters of the Admiral. Admiral? Yes, it was uh, the Admiral. Admiral Corby and his uh, daughter Eve. Eve, yes. Admiral and Eve Corby. Which, um, which I believe if they, I think the Admiral was in the comic books, for, like right off the bat. I think Eve did show up later, but they were, he, she was always the love interest. So the fact that the twin brother is engaged to Eve was just added to my confusion. I, I also like the fact that this is such a used comic book trope. The uh, love interest being the daughter of a high-ranking <laughs> either military or police official. Well, let's let's put it this way. It becomes one. At this point, it's not. <laughs> it, it's now used pretty frequently. Right, right. So if you're going to be – if you say you want to be in the Army, I think chances are you're, you, if you have a daughter, she's going to be hot and she's going to date. Uh, a vigilante, most likely. Against your wishes. Actually, in this one, it's not against your wishes. That's yeah. more of a common current thing. Um, and then lastly, the villain is the mask. Not smoking. <laughs> that was my first... Like, it's funny reading the mask, and you're like, <laughs> who was actually a villain from from the comics? Right. And at the time, actually for a while... Um, they didn't do that. I I don't know why, but they just didn't do that. You didn't put a famous uh, villain in the movie, which now seems crazy. That's not something you do. Um, no. He he was weird though, because he he always he either had the mask. He only had the mask on very f- infrequently, so I just he was making video calls. Right. So I almost didn't couldn't tell when he was on screen? Well, the thing that confused me was that I figured he was wearing the mask when he made video calls because he wanted to hide his identity. Yeah. But yet he was wearing, because he was a Nazi military person, Yep. he was wearing his uniform and his name tag was clearly visible on the video that. calls. So he's like, you don't know who I am. Don't read my chest. Don't do it. Don't do it. As a staple to serials... There are plenty of cliffhangers. <laughs> and 11 different cliffhangers. Right? <laughs> uh, so in, in serials, to get you to come back the next week in a very 24-esque fashion is they they basically show the hero dying every episode or somebody's in trouble at the end of every episode. Either he's going to die or the love interest is going to die, most likely. Happened a lot in Captain Marvel, but I think it happened worse in here where there's whole really long shots that are just missing. You know, it's not like, oh, we moved the camera angle and you, here's what you couldn't see before <clears throat> was him getting out of like a trap door. Yeah. It was like, oh, by the way, he woke up, adjusted his suit, walked off briskly. I, I feel like there was one time that there was a cliffhanger in the middle of one of the episodes. <laughs> and then they're like, wait a second, this is too soon so there just... were a few times like that because i'm ta- i was taking notes and i like to mark what the cliffhangers are and 
there were a few times I'm like, oh, this is the cliffhanger, and I start writing it out, and I was like, oh, no, no, that's not. Was it the um? Was it the barn? I think the one that really I really noticed it strong was where the gold bricks were dropped on his head in the minecart. Yeah, because the minecart was then moving towards the fire. No, that was a cliffhanger. Was it? Yeah. Did I just watch those two so close together? You may have. Because then they went back, and he like he like escaped out the side hatch. Side hatch on a minecart. On a minecart, because that's what you do. You got side hatches. And obviously, we're spoiling here, because that's what we do. There was one cliffhanger that actually made me go, oh, jeez! Oh, oh my! And I'm, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But Pretty the cliffhanger, the last one. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, oh. Between 11 and 12. Uh, where Spy Smasher's on the top of a building, he's fighting, he's fighting the goons, everyone's got goons, and he's shooting them with a gun, he gets all shot up, falls off the top of a building, and usually, uh, for cliffhanger sakes, they would cut as he's falling off the building. So, like, the in the first, um, I mean, the first episode, it wasn't cliffhanger, when he was, sh- he's put in front of a firing squad and shot at. You find out, like, oh, they were blanks. Like, you're like, oh, my Spice Masher already got killed. First episode. Oh, they were really blanks. Like, that's the type of thing you would find out in the resolution. This one, they actually show Spice Smasher landing on the sidewalk. Like, it's a dummy, obviously, because that's what they do. Clearly. But at the time, I went, oh, jeez, what? Like, how are they going to get out of this? That's exactly. Like, you're, you're reeling your head. You're like, what? And it was a weird resolution too because usually they'll they'll just like add insert a shot and it was like oh yeah by the way here's a whole new scene that explains what happens which that i feel like is more of a comic book thing to do right it's not like oh yeah here's a panel we forgot to draw in it was like no 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 here's here's what happened before this whole scene even took place which was twin brother jack switching places with spy smasher knocking his brother out uh and and going to save Eve. And he gets killed, which is... Then, that was the point I go, Oh, that's why we have a twin brother. Yes, it all... It all makes sense now. Um, I also noticed that Spy Smasher did not have much remorse or sadness for his brother dying. <laughs> it was like, he's like, yeah, well, my brother died. Now to... Smash move. some more spies. <laughs> it's hard to say spy smasher so many times. I don't know if you're having that trouble. I do. It's um, spy, spy, spy smasher. Spy smasher. I was I was dictating things into my phone. I just got too lazy and didn't want to write anything down. So I was talking to my phone to do my notes. And every time I said spy smasher, it would write it down as spice masher. A man who mashes spices. Which could be another cereal sometime. Well, it'll be a it's a cooking it's a cooking cereal. <laughs> Food Network, we could sell them. Cliffhangers in this were particularly cereally. Like they got they got worse. I I feel like not worse, but like there were there were more. It's better when they when they show either here's what happened a whole scene before or here's what happened immediately after. And not, let's insert a shot that we never showed you before. Uh, but I, I agree with you that there was, it was, actually I did write a note here, that the barn blowing up seemed like a cliffhanger. Because Spy Smasher was inside, there was gas everywhere, the fire 
like lit or the, the bad guys lit up the the gas and then ran out and and spy smasher had to go back in to get something and when he did he got out in time but it was like it seemed like that was that was it that was what we were going to have this one was this was a different story the the last one in the adventures of captain marvel it was more like an, a complete story arc with little stories in it like there was a there was a there was an, an overarching story that the entire serial was taking place about. This one seemed like series of small stories, like each episode was or two was a story. Yeah, there was always the different threat each time. That was always brought by the mask. It's like the mask has different plots. He doesn't have one big plot to take down America. He has like a bunch of little plots. Which is, I think is, overall, the wiser way to go. Yeah, yeah, it's not like you're trying to make one big score. Which is what the guy last last episode did. In Adventures of Captain Marvel, if you didn't watch it, he was trying to basically build a death ray, essentially, like a doomsday machine. Whereas this, it was like, plan one, flood America with fake currency. <laughs> Which is enough... Currency for that is contained in three buoys, by the way. Yes. Well, it, it could have been part of just one <laughs> shipment, I suppose. Um, then there was take out airplanes with a ray gun in one very specific area. I don't know what, what that was going to do, but it doesn't matter. Bomb boats with mines. I think that was another one. Yes, they were uh, delivering the mines out and dropping them off for the boats. And then um, stealing gold bullion. Also, there was the uh, the ultimate airplane they had. Ah, so that is, uh, first off, was called the Batplane. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I mean, like, I don't know if anyone actually said it. If, like, one or two people may have actually said it, but it was in the, like, uh, last episode. Spy Smasher is trying to find the Batplane. I was like, Batplane? Huh, weird. Um, but that is supposed to be his gyro sub. That's what his gyro sub looks like, is their bat plane like this so the bad guys essentially had the good guys vehicle from the movies or from the from the comic book and it was it reminded me of a tardis because the plane looked very small right they climbed into it there was like it was roomy enough for like i think they were standing up i think they were all standing up inside three three grown men with plenty of room obviously we're not going to go plot point by plot point because there's three and a half hours worth of plot here. And most of it feels like trying to get from one action sequence to another. Yes. So, because he's supposed to be like a great detective. And there's a little bit of detecting in there. But for the most part, he's not very much detecting things. It's like clues just laying into his lap. Right. Well, I like the part where uh, the guy's taking the, the code from the love interest. <laughs> from Eve, and yeah. So, so he kidnaps her because she knows who he is. Oh, that's the worst. He's the, it's the guy who's ends up being the um, the cameraman. Yes. Which we'll get to that in a, right when you're done. But yeah, he's yeah. just like, I'm going to blow my cover right now. Yeah, then he, so he, re, like she jams down the keys to his name on the keyboard. <laughs> Yeah. It's an old typewriter. His name is Drake. It's D-R-A-K-E. And he gets those five, she gets those fives to like, yeah, to get stuck. 
and it still takes him quite a bit to figure out. E-K-R-A-D. No. <laughs> R-A-K-E-D. Raked. Somebody raked. Yeah, no, it took him forever. And then, and then, like, even after he goes and, you know, goes after the guy that now he knows is the one of the bad guys, they get away, and Spy Smasher had no clue where to find him, and they decided to contact him. Yeah. Yeah, so she she didn't even need to do that. It didn't even didn't even matter. It did tell the admiral that okay, so we'll get to what Drake did. So there's a few times throughout the serial where um the admiral does public addresses first off, which seems weird. <laughs> that the admiral's like, "Oh, yes, so uh this string of planes going down." It's like, "Why are you talking about planes going down? No one cares what you think. You you the admiral of planes? No, you're not." Stop. <laughs> when you have to do something personal and you have to actually give information to somebody else, usually over the phone, uh, the camera, the, he'd ask for privacy and be like, hey, could you guys uh, give me a moment, please? And they would turn on the camera and go, yeah, no problem, and just leave the camera running in the room, go into the van, go, hey, Mask, by the way, we have the camera on, so if you just want to tune in, well, there we go. And it's like, uh, now, mind you, nowadays, that is a little more reasonable that you could do something like that. But at the time it's very sci-fi to like a have a camera running without it probably being super loud. Cause I'm pretty sure they would be using film. Right. Uh, and it was a giant, giant, it was a giant camera. camera. It was huge. You were not hiding this bigger than a bread box. <laughs> it, but like, I, 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 I imagine television cameras, like I, maybe they, they don't use film, but I'm sure you need huge wires to get the get the picture to go from one area to another. You know, it's it, this was all wireless. This was all completely wireless, it felt like. It was even self-powered. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure there were no wires coming off of that. That's just me and my film. <laughs> it was a giant box on a tripod. Yes, that's what it, it looked like. It people to carry. Yep. Uh, and, the, the, and the fact that he could just... I mean, maybe maybe he was running the running it to his van... And then somehow broadcast from his van specifically only to the mask. Like, they had a down low frequency. They're like, hey, why don't you check this out? But in, once again, I'm pretty sure there's also have big red flashing lights to let you know the camera's running. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Just put a little bit of tape over that so nobody notices. But that was, like, that was like a big chunk of how they got information was Drake leaving cameras running in his office... Right, like, and it's great because he's, like, right in front of the camera, and it's always positioned correctly that even if somebody walks in, they're perfectly in frame. <laughs> love it. Love it. I got to say, I do like uh, – there was there was one one-liner that I, I particularly liked, and, and they don't do one-liners too often in these. Right. Um, very first episode, Spice Masher comes into where they've got all the counterfeit money just, like, on a table – and he just comes in and goes, got change for a five. That was his old, like, that was his one liner. And I actually like laughed out loud. I'm like, oh boy, that's, that's a good one. That is what a good I one. I liked in that, in that episode too, like it drove me crazy. Cause I always like to look for these weird little things that are happening. Yeah. It was in that episode where he's in that, whatever it was like a little convenience store or whatever. Yeah. It was like a, a restaurant a, slash. It was like a soda jerk thing. Yeah. Something we but, don't have nowadays. Right, and he sees the bad guy leave through the phone booth. Yeah. And he goes into the phone booth, 
finds the secret panel where you get to see the back of it where this phone is attached to and there's nothing coming off the back of the phone. Right. So it's clearly a fake phone. He then closes it back up, uses that phone to call the Admiral, and then uses their little area to change into his Spy Smasher attire. Yeah. Like, you would never see Bruce Wayne duck into the Penguin's lair to change into Batman. But well, no, spy- I'm telling you, he's wearing he's wearing it underneath his jacket. So he looks like Spy Smasher when he walks in. <laughs> he, and I, this is what I don't get. Is he famous or not? I don't think he is. I think, like, I, I feel like he was just, like, a military person who they faked his death. Yeah. But nobody really knew who he was. Okay. Because the only people that even recognized him, like, because remember the, in the beginning, the guy recognizes, thinks he recognizes him, but it's his twin brother. Right, because there is an article about the Spice, about Spice Master saving the Admiral in the newspaper. Which is just weird. It is. It's and this time in my notes it says spice spice mixture. <laughs> He's in the newspaper. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those. It's one of those. It's like James Bond. You're not sure if he's supposed to be actually a spy and nobody knows who he is because he's the world's greatest spy, or if he's super popular and everybody just knows who he is for some reason. I think it's one of those. I know that uh, nothing else. The mask wanted him dead. Yeah, more. Well, than I can see the mask knowing who he is. Because he's, you know, he was in Nazi-occupied France fighting them specifically, you know. Um, But I feel like if you were popular, that would not make you a good spy smasher. True. I feel like a good spy smasher should also be a spy. Because if you were a spy, you could just hide from him. I think another thing that I remember from one of the episodes that I absolutely loved was... uh... Spy Smasher was hiding behind a series of rocks. Okay. And there there were two Nazis to, they were trying to get him. I think it was in France again or somewhere else where the Nazis were able to be Nazis out in the open. Mm-hmm. And the one Nazi gets the idea. He goes, I'm going to keep his attention. You climb up on the rocks and shoot him from the top. Yeah. And Spy Smasher ends up knocking the guy out, changing uniforms and then they get into a fight again, and then the underling shoots his boss. Which is a great, it's a great MacGuffin. Like, it's a great switcheroo. But that was a, one of those cliffhangers where the time it made you think existed was way shorter. Or was like, <laughs> the, the time was actually way longer than what they showed you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like how right after that, after he puts his clothes back on. Yeah. And there's no holes in the cape anymore. Nope. Special, Even though special cape. Clearly got shot through the back. Like, so we really went and put his costume back on, covered in Nazi blood, but it was all gone. Now, what did you think of the fight scenes? Because because serial fighting is much different than superhero fighting nowadays. I never got the feeling that Spy Smasher was a trained hand to hand combat person. Yeah. Just more of a like a bar brawler where there's so much invested in it because it's the fate of his country. Right. So he's just throwing it all out there. Yeah, because he's, he's, a, he's a scrapper. He, is, he gets knocked out a lot. Yeah. Like, and it's usually a grunt that does it. So it's not it's, used to seeing the hero get... Yeah, I mean, that... <laughs> man, go back and watch Captain Marvel. It happened even more. 
Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> um, it happened to a lot of different people, too. This one, I feel like, didn't happen as much. It usually was a lot of, like, hits to the back of the head, which these weren't. These happened to be more something fell on you or you got punched in the... You know, like it, was a, it was more of a fight, and it's like the last punch knocked you out, which I guess is a little more realistic-ish. I did like he... Uh, he did a lot of parkour-ish like jumping around on things. He did seem like he was the inventor of parkour. Yeah. There there was one particular thing where he did they were in like a garage. And he actually jumped on like a one of those little dolly things, like the little four-wheel dollies and went underneath the car and got back up and started fighting again. And it was like, "What did he just do? You don't do that." It was like actual stunt work. That was kind of exciting. Like there was a lot of I don't know if you noticed this. There was a lot of a lot of stairs, a lot of stair stuff, a lot of, was, like, a lot of fighting on stairs. Yeah, that uh, the episode with the lasers taking out the airplanes. <laughs> he actually fell down like a spiral staircase. Yeah, yeah, that looked very painful. Um, so since Spy Smasher is now owned by DC, he does show up in Justice League Unlimited. So there's an episode called Patriot Act where they have a flashback in the very beginning of the episode, and it looks like this. It's supposed to look like the Spy Smasher serial. And while I'm wa- I watched it this morning, and I was watching it, and I I giggled because there was fighting on stairs. Like <laughs> like he was going, he was hitting things, and then he ran, and like he would he would often try climbing up the side of the stairs to get up higher. And that's exactly what he did. And then he started like punching people on stairs. And I was like, this, yep, they got it. Done. Stair smasher. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there, I can't remember which episode it was. I remember there was one where the guy was getting away with something. Every time Spy Smasher would run up the stairs to try to get to him, another guy would grab him by the ankle and pull him down into another fight. Yeah. And it was, it was very, in any other context, I think it would be comedic. Agreed. <laughs> but the uh I I believe the fight music though was very was the same like in every fight. So <laughs> half the episodes had one piece of music that was always playing. It was I loved the like during the fights when he would just do the like throw himself right at the bad guy. Like just yeah. jump across something right into him. Yeah. Like. And that that happened that I I hate that I keep mentioning Captain Marvel, but it's really the only context of serials that I have right now. <laughs> And that seems to be an old style way to start a fight or to surprise someone. Like you don't throw, you don't throw something at someone like from above, you jump on them. I think I'm going to start using that. Like I almost want to go get into a bar fight and just launch myself <laughs> at the person when they're not expecting it. Just it works. And all the furniture is uh, just going to rip apart. It's all made of balsa yes. wood. All made of balsa wood. I gotta say though, a lot of the, uh, the like the car driving shooting scenes were real thrilling, because especially when he was riding motorcycles, they they did a lot of like real life motorcycle shots, you know, and then they would do random rear projection shots, <laughs> and those were the ones that were always goofy, like the one where it's Spy Smasher and his brother. I was mentioning before on a motorcycle. Not only is his brother sort of awkwardly hiding behind him so you don't see his face, but they're also mimicking car driving, like bumping, like bumping up and down on a motorcycle (laughs) together. And it looks so funny because then they'll switch 
and it's real life people on the motorcycles and it looks awesome and his capes flying epically and and then they cut back to that and it's like bup, 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 bup. <laughs> like, oh, boy. like pretend you're moving right I gotta say I give it to them one of the one of the episodes um, this is something we don't we don't see as much nowadays they're stuck in the sub which they got in the sub a little too easy if you ask me uh, <laughs> but when they're on the sub and they're 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 in the torpedo bay and it's and it's flooding and that's the cliffhanger is that the water just raises the top and it's and it's spy smasher and it's this french pal from the first handful of episodes well that saved his life and then he saved his life right they're 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 war buddies you know the the huge chunk that they left out was the frenchman putting scuba gear on the spy smasher and putting him in a torpedo tube and letting that go off and his friend sacrificing himself and i was and that was another one of those like because usually you're like oh how are they how are they gonna get out of this one how is this duo whoever's in trouble how are they gonna get out of it it's usually only one person but if it's two they'll both get out of it it's usually the um hero and the love interest is usually who the two would be so the fact that the the frenchman and i i i want to say his name's pierre but that sounds racist but are, anyway I, I believe it is pierre captain pierre durand there you go pierre shoots him out the torpedo tube and then he's fine like he just bloop, he's up he's done he's good and pierre just dies in the sub and you're like what they oh my they're not messing around i mean don't get me wrong they don't have that many other good guy characters they could kill off short of twin brother jack but i was impressed that they would actually kill off at the time a somewhat main character Right, it was a reoccurring character that came to was always there when he seemed to need him. Yeah. One thing I noticed is whenever Spy Smasher was able to, he would shoot the bad guys in the hand. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, he didn't have the strict code like Batman, where he wouldn't kill. Because there were times where he's like, well, this is my answer. I have to kill this guy, and he would do it. Yeah. But he always tried for the hand. And it didn't seem like he really shot unarmed people. Oh, they all, they all deserved it. Right, but he you think he would be shooting more. Like, shooting more people. you think he would use his gun more as being a guy who goes up, a, a real-life person. Like, he's got no no business being where he is without a gun. And it didn't and seem like he had a gun most of the time. It was a lot of fist fights. He's a spy shooter, then. He is, spy, he is shooter. spy shooter. Spy and smasher. especially... No, he is spy smasher. He should be spy shooter. <laughs> is what it should be. Um, when he's, because like when he's on cars and stuff, he's like pew, 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 pew. But like, oh, we're hand to hand. We're right in front of each other. Well, let's just fight. Let's just fight this out. I I tried reading some Spy Smasher and uh, it wasn't, uh, it was okay. Not the, I mean, it's it's hard. It's Golden Age, com- Golden Age comics. So it's very right. small. So at the time, the mask was one of Spy Smasher's main villains and there is a part in one of the books where he brainwashes spy smasher and tells him to kill so he he wants him to basically be an enemy of the united states problem is spy smasher just turns on the mask and kills him instead (laughs) you should have given more directions i feel a little more specific yeah Yeah, yeah not just not just an open kill Right. And then he became an enemy of Captain Marvel for a while. 
Spy Smasher did until his mind was restored. But I don't know how much of a villain he could have been to Captain Marvel. Maybe Billy Batson, but not not Captain Marvel. At the time, I mean, I guess they were coming off of Captain Marvel being a pretty popular serial, and they wanted to make another uh, another comic book serial, and since they worked well with Fawcett, this was the second one. This is the second one we got. And I, not bad. Still very, I gotta say, we're we're... It hasn't gone downhill yet. The serials are still very entertaining. And, I mean, you, you didn't watch the first one, but, like, just this straight up, you enjoyed it. I did. I was actually surprised. I was I was really expecting it to be a painful, very painful experience. Yeah. But it, it wasn't. I mean, it was really well done for what they had at the time, and it was still entertaining. I mean, it was it was well shot. A lot of the action sequences are well well done. They had a lot of interesting locations i think it's one of the things that really that actually does hold up Mm -hmm. even no matter how dated it is and it it actually reminded me of and i and i'll be honest part of the reason i thought you invited me for this one was because of our hollywood video days when we would always watch the marx brothers movies and talk about how timeless those were and how they still held up even though they were so old and i was like maybe that's what he's doing he's bringing me in on the yeah. The Marx Brothers sure of comic book movies. Well, you know, you 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 have an open mind. Absolutely. You know, like a lot of people might come in and, and, and that is the trouble with these serials is if you just finish watching one of the, you know, like the newest Avengers movie, you know, and then you put this in, it, it's like nothing. It's like night and day. I, it might be tough for some people to like get past dated stuff and and the fact that it's 12 chapters. So it's like three and a half hours, which is a lot of time. Like, don't right. get me wrong. It takes a while to watch these. You can't. It's hard to do it in one sitting. You have to do it in like three or four sittings. I mean, I, I probably did four episodes right off the bat. You do slow down a little bit because it just it takes time. But it's, I don't know, what's, once you get in the groove, once you're in the mood for it, man, you can just boom, 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 hit those out. But I don't know. For me, I would definitely watch I mean, I'm going to keep watching serials, but these serials are actually very, very enjoyable. I don't know if I could watch, like, a random episode. I wonder how it would be, because I imagine not every kid goes and watches this every week in a a theater. So I'm wondering what it would be like if you just watched one. Especially since you, if you're back then, they probably didn't know like what day this new serial was going to start. So they just went to the theater because, Hey, I've got the money to go to the theater. Right. It's like, oh, episode six of this serial. Yeah. Or you jump in the middle of it. <laughs> well, I mean this, I mean, we're both old enough to remember a day when DVRs weren't a thing. Yes. You know, they they used to have TV shows where you, you didn't have to watch every, every episode. It was just, it was almost impossible to watch every episode. And, in these serials, it's sort of in between. Like, there's a bigger story. I'm sure you could catch on pretty quickly. But each episode has enough of everything in it that you don't feel like you caught a like a calm one. Like, yeah, it's if not you, like coming into the middle of the, of Lost yeah, of the right. season of Lost, and you're like, I, I'm I have no idea what's happening. Or even some some comic books nowadays. Like, if you picked up one random issue in a story arc, it could be a, a slower issue. It could be them talking about stuff that you have no idea what they're talking about. Part of me wants to just watch a random episode first, but that kind of defeats the purpose of what I'm doing. 
I should have my wife sit in on just one episode and be like, what did you think about this random episode of this random serial about this random comic book character? <laughs> and she'd be like, no, just stop. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I think my wife actually did that because uh, there was one time where I'm like, oh, I, I'm doing my homework here and I, I put on the episode because I didn't have time. I, I tried to catch her up real quick. I'm like, yeah. this spy smasher, he smashes spies. They're Nazis. And here we go. We're watching this. So, so what did she, she think? Or did she not? Did she walk out? She, I don't think she was very uh, entertained by it, as I was. Well, it might be the type of thing that nowadays it's hard. It's hard to just sit and watch. But yeah, no. I don't know. I think it's. I think it was good. Good hit. Time's had by all. Don't expect to see him in much. He's not a flashy character. He's, not, he's very salt of the earth, like... Ground and pound guy. Yeah. He's he he's not quite a street level character because he's, you know, he's smashing spies. Like, I, I wonder how Crime Smasher is. Is he still a detective? Is he is he more like he might be more like Batman in that respect? I feel like he could smash crime better than smashing spies, but that's just me. <laughs> as long as he keeps that amazing costume. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy alright I think we'll wrap it up there thanks Golden for sitting in well thank you for having me that was enjoyable make sure to catch Golden show Cinema Cyanide on YouTube what's the YouTube channel it's on uh, it's the Psycho Robo the Psycho Robo or just Cinema Cyanide right. real words not spelled any fans you're not you're not spelling things funnily no, they're they're all spelled like the real words. Like so. <laughs> real words are good. What's your favorite episode that you've done so far of Cinema Cyanide? I think my favorite one was probably either the Amazing Bulk, which the director of that movie actually contacted us. Yeah. And we talked to him, so it was really cool. Uh or uh well, my buddy Mike, who's on there with me, always loves Food Fight, which is Probably the it's an hour and a half long commercial to tell people not to buy generic food. Interesting. It, it's very bad, and it stars Charlie Sheen as the voice of an a CGI animated dog. What? What year was this made? Recently, unfortunately, it was uh 2011 or so. 2000, I think 2012. 2012. Yeah. yeah. Don't watch. Don't watch the actual movie. Just watch our episode. And if you still feel like you want to torture yourself. Oh my. Oh my. Christopher Lloyd. Why would you be in this? Oh, it, there were so many people. in I'm it. I'm looking at the list. It's real people, real yeah, actors they, in this. I'm guessing they owed somebody money. Wow. That's the only explanation for wow. why. Uh, it was Charlie Sheen before he went off the rails. So. It, it is a 1.8 on uh, IMDb. <laughs> So also, yeah, we did have the happening fiasco as well, where we tried to do the happening and uh, it got taken off by Fox three different times. So we just did it without showing anything from the movie and finally got it out there. <laughs> so you actually show clips from the movies. We do. We, we show everything within fair usage. We're very careful about that, uh, which in fact, like I said about the amazing bulk, when the director contacted us and said he loved it, he, one of the first things he said was he, how happy he was that we actually used fair usage and we did show the entire movie like some people do. And I think he realized that the love we have of the movies, and that's why we actually end up becoming friends with this guy. Even though I insulted a lot of things about his movie. I'm sure he gets it all the time now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for this episode of Spy Smasher. Yes, thank you. Dot 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 dash. Dot 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 dash. I can't believe it was just it's just straight up. It wasn't even like a play on Beethoven's fifth. It was just Beethoven's fifth. That's the theme. <laughs> but yeah, you can find us uh on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If I, if I get this on anything else, I will. Just look up Meanwhile Podcast, and I'll be there. I'll be there. Join us next week for the 1943 serial, Batman. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> little man. We'll, 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 see, we'll see what he does. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I've seen some of it. It's fantastic, and uh, way more racism. <laughs> Alright, so I will see you next time. Alright, see you then.